Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? That's a little swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Yuri Nation, welcome everyone to episode 96 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram. And follow everything Built in Buffalo is giving you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, everywhere at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. Of course, I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 27. That's a many days till camp when I'll be tweeting to all of you. Matt, how are you? Camp well, schedule well, is out. We're all excited. It is. You're, you're familiar excited. with her work? Uh, I've heard of her. Yes, I've heard of her. Okay. <laughs> like Beyonce. She's an up and comer. I thought you were going to go obviously. with, I thought there was a guaranteed shoe in for your song of the week. And it was. I thought it would be Eminem, Real Slim Shady. <laughs> like, guess who's back? Back again. Four years oh. back. Oh, see, that's the difference. Like, that was news I expected. So I okay. wasn't even, it was barely registering. The The headline, if you know me, is that the camp schedule came out. That's right. And of course, that means the return of Tony Tweets Camp, hashtag. Of course, of course, Tony will tweet camp. I have bad news, though. I'm going out of town for some of camp. Oh, no. I can't, I can't tweet. Who, I can't live tweet my camp tweet experience camp? every damn time. I, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to drive to Rochester every day for a 9.45 a.m. practice. Oh, my goodness. Well, that sounds like the worst. Well, fit, you got to make it your schedule. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, do all well, the morning weekday Rochester thing. You can listen to uh, Wheeze and you can listen to uh, Duffy. Duffy? All that stuff. Yeah, Duffy is a popular radio, radio host. Shout out Duffy. Jack. Guy is dumb. he's not a shock job. He's not a shock job. Oh boy. Oh man. This is not you're not selling it very well here. All right. Well, I, Duffy. Shout out Duffy. Shout, shout out, out Mike Catalana. Okay. Uh, you're really showing your ignorance here. Earlier. Really showing your ignorance. Uh <laughs> Tony, we have uh big news before we get into our, our whole thing. For a limited time, we have to plug it, of course. For a limited time, all sales of our Buffalo Brothers apparel will go towards Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Western New York. You can find all of our Buffalo Brothers line on the Built in Buffalo online fan store at bibfanshop.com. Our Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Step Brothers collab t-shirt pillows mugs now they got everything bibfanshop.com all proceeds go to big brother big sisters of western new york uh so definitely check that out listeners bibfanshop.com tony that's big news now matt let me ask you this do you feel what i feel 
about about the fact that we start to execute this promotion surrounding the Step Brothers Buffalo Brothers t-shirt and in yes. the same week in the same week not Stefan Diggs but Matt Barkley and Josh Allen create the photo for real almost as though they're aggressively trying to undermine our support for Big Brothers Big Sisters the the Bills organization has been has been sent a cease and desist, a okay. copyright infringement. <laughs> yes. A, a trademark seems design. Suspicious. Tampering and seems very suspicious. It's almost like someone mm-hmm. on the inside of the Bills organization, wink, wink, calling out some of our friends, saw our design <laughs> and said, this is a great idea for media day. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's true. And, I'm not saying it's and, not true. And they're saying, and if I can screw over some area kids while I'm doing it, all the better. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you here, Tony. There's a big, uh, there's a big Suspicious. inside job. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. an inside man. Shout out Spike Lee. This is the Spike Lee. It's a Spike Lee joint. Show. Inside man. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say shout out. Who's the guy that made like super size? Owen. Oh, Morgan oh, Spurlock. Yeah, Morgan Spurlock. I was gonna thought you were gonna say shout out Morgan Spurlock. His CNN series, Inside Man. Oh, well, which was I pretty good. That. Okay, I'll check it out. Okay, uh, um, <laughs> but definitely, listeners, check out bibfanshop.com and buy. Not only is it an awesome design and funny, and it'll be the talk of your next tailgate or watch party <laughs> or whatever Bills gathering you have, but it also all goes to a good cause. And and during these times, Tony, we we all need big brothers and big sisters. We all need a support system because of the crazy. We all need someone to lean on. That's right. We all need somebody to lean on. Just as we all learned, as we learned from Isaiah McKenzie this past week. That's right. That's right. Good segue. Wow. You're getting good at this. That's what I'm saying. You're getting good at this. Tony, um, do you want to start with Isaiah McKenzie or do you want to do the regular intro because you segued so good? I feel like we can't miss this opportunity. (laughs) Uh, Whatever you want. I'm just along for the ride, baby. Um, What'd you think of Isaiah McKenzie? Let's talk about Isaiah on AGT, America's Got Talent, part of the what the NFL Players Choir was that their official name? I think is what uh, it's called. Mm-hmm. A choir group of about twelve former and current NFL players, some former Bills in there as well, along with Brian Scott, yes. who seemed to be like the leader of the group. Obviously, did very well selling insoles for shoes, and now is doing choir singing. <laughs> what did you think? He's a Tony? Renaissance I, man. I, he's a Renaissance man. He's he's an entrepreneur. He's He's a man of many talent. Uh, what do you think of Isaiah and the rest of the NFL players on America's Got Talent? What are your thoughts? You know, I went in there with the mindset of I'm big dirty, as in I'm little dirty's father, or maybe even more <laughs> like a mother style. It's like, I'm like, so when is Isaiah McKenzie going to talk? Like, why is he not the star of this? I just don't understand. Like when, the face of the franchise. Why am I listening, to these, why am I listening to these people? Yeah, I want to see the face of the franchise here. <laughs> he said about two words, so that was exciting. But I think that that was a fine performance and story for the early rounds. I don't think we're going to be seeing any Dorn Boss-esque runs on AGT <laughs> here out of this group, uh, which right. is probably for the best because Isaiah McKenzie has other responsibilities. But it was fun. It was fun to see Isaiah fun. McKenzie out there. He's a little guy. It's fun. He's a little, he's yeah. a little guy. You're, you're proud, next, big dirty. Yeah, I hope. Right, exactly. I hope in the next one. I hope in the next uh, round, whenever that is, he's a little more featured. Because I would say, would you say that he's right now the biggest name in the group, objectively? Oh, that is, in, I, I would say yes. Interesting. Yeah, I would say yes. I think yes as well. 
I mean, there's probably some bigger names, more accomplished names, but they are not of the now. Those are for a generation of fans who were had to be really deep in the league at a certain moment in time. That is not this moment. Right. But there's no like now there's no Isaiah McKenzie is stars. on the biggest stage. Right. Exactly. It's not like Ray Lewis I mean, Brian, is like in there. Right. Right. So I think that objectively, you know, the Bills are at the forefront. Isaiah McKenzie has certainly made a star of himself in many games. I would say he's probably the, the biggest name in the group. And I think it's up to AGT to highlight this. And that's what I'm hoping to see at the end of the next round. Are you upset that Isaiah McKenzie's talent was singing? Yes. Were you hoping it was I, hoping it was some kind of variety type, like I think juggling upset or upset magician. is a strong word. Right. Okay. <laughs> upset is a strong word, but in many things on America's Got Talent, I'm just like, all right, another singer. Like, how many of these shows do <laughs> that's I my that's my thing. If you're a singer or a singing act, like <laughs> go on any of the other 17 singing, performing, singing competition shows. Mm -hmm. I think AGT should just be for variety style, like magicians and sword swallowers and BMX stunt guys or dunking trampoline teams like that should be America's Got Talent, not singers. I would say that's true because for two reasons, singers that find their way into America got, America's Got Talent, like have somewhat of an accomplishment already. Same with comedian. Like how, sure. like I've yeah. seen so many comedians on AGT and I'm like, this is already a famous comedian. I already know who this person is. Right. I've like, I've already paid money to see their shows at Helium. And then same thing, singers, like how many times there's a singer on there and then it's some inspirational story. And then I find out five minutes later, like, oh, they've already been on this show and that show. You've already been on the show. Like you're already a finalist on another show. Your time is done. You can't <laughs> right. be on AGT. It's, a, it's just a money grab now. <laughs> right. Like, what are we doing? Right. But I think that a lot of these other acts that are in the fields that you talked about, your magicians, acrobats and stuff. I think that yeah. this really, this really brings them up. This really brings them up to another level. Exactly. So Matt, what would you say is your fav favorite like genre that comes across on America's Got Talent? Oh, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good magician. Same. Uh, every time. Yeah. Same. Like if yep. there's a, if there's a great magic act. I will, I will <laughs> tune in every time. Um, I agree. I think the level of magic I'll that's on America's Got Talent is higher than the levels of other things that's on America's Absolutely. Got Talent. Although some of my favorite acts in America's Got Talent history have been non-magician acts. They've been kind of like cool, unique like dance teams and things like that. One of the earlier seasons, there was a act called Fighting Gravity. And it was like this yes, neon. Yes, I remember them. Yeah, there was like these neon blacklit guys and, and it, it appeared like they were floating. It was super cool. Like they're just super unique. So I, I like those things too. So yeah, it, it's always good to see like bills outside the field uh, on these shows. Like we always mentioned Stefan Diggs on Family Feud or Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis on Hot Ones. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. As long as a, a Buffalo Bill is on a show, I'm, I'm always for it. Even if it's a singing act, something boring like that. I, I always get a kick out of seeing bills on, on other TV shows. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The more bills, the better. And now I'm looking forward to even more because I think Von Miller has a good history of being on things. Right. So, so I'm looking Dancing forward to stars. Yeah. Right, right. So I'm definitely looking forward to that expanding. Absolutely. And if, if they, I'm not going to say it because it's you know knock on wood situation here but if they reach the ultimate goal then this is a team ripe for primetime television on the field and if they reach the ultimate goal off the field like all the talk shows like just the characters and the personalities on this team 
TV stations will be eating that up. Hundred percent. Hope they get to Tony. You like, were. I want to. I want to see Josh Allen on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Joshy Fallon. That was the April. That was my pitched April Fool's joke. Is Josh yeah. Allen when he wins the Super Bowl should host Jimmy Fallon? And it'll be called Late Night with Joshy Fallon. That was a good idea. I think that's a hundred percent what should happen. <laughs> yes, I'm a hundred percent on board. I've never been more excited about an idea in my life. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Well, we're just we're just throwing darts here, Tony. See what sticks. Okay. Uh, Tony, you are a proud big dirty to a little dirty, almost like a father figure ask. <laughs> Of course, this past weekend was Father's Day, so happy Father's Day, belated late Father's Day to all the witty dads out there. We have the number one witty dad on the Buffalo Bills in the aforementioned Josh Allen, because we always say his spirit animal is the goofy middle-aged dad who's embarrassing his kids at the school dance. So this one's for you, Josh Allen, and to all the witty dads out there. Uh, but Tony, in honor of Father's Day, I thought for our hashtag draft season SZN this week we would do your top three TV dads we love TV dads we grew up with TV dads teaching us lessons sometimes our own fathers wouldn't teach us no I'm kidding <laughs> uh, there's been throughout history great TV dads and, and listeners of this podcast know Tony and I are uh, avid TV pop culture enthusiasts watchers whatever so Tony let's uh let's give the listeners our top choices for TV dads would you like to do the honors this week and start us off uh, I would like to do the honors because I am assuming we have the same number one pick Ooh. so I will be thrilled to take on assumption. the honors of the first overall pick so that I can take him from you okay go for it Matt we'll see the pick is Frank Costanza Costanza you think you can keep him out of Florida he's moving in lock stock and barrel <laughs> Of course, oh. my favorite TV dad, George Costanza's father, Frank Costanza. Comedy Central gave us a show of the greatest uh, Frank Costanza episodes on Father's Day. I watched it with my dad and uh, the guy just delivers every time in every the, time the highs, the and the rapid highs and lows, the screaming, the vernacular, just top to bottom, Frank Costanza, <laughs> Frank Costanza, my top TV dad. I wouldn't, I couldn't dream of. I couldn't dream of drafting anybody else. Was that your first pick? It, it was. I always equate it to if you ask me who's your favorite Bills player or who's the best Bills player, like the given is, of course, Josh Allen. That's everyone's number one pick. So for that reason, I didn't pick Frank Costanza, even though he would have been it. You know, Frank only appeared in like 29 episodes of the show. Like it felt I'm like not surprised. It felt like he, every time you, like you mentioned on the screen, he had such an impact. He's so memorable, you know, Serenity Now. And, you know, I still say Frank Costanza lines to this day. I wonder if he's, he's ever going to sell that water pick. <laughs> but, but well, I was surprised to learn that he was only on about like what a fifth of the episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. That sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for, for a I secondary mean, yeah. character. It's an interesting pick, though, Tony, because within the, the canon of the show, he's not the number one dad in the show, but he's your, he's your nor, number one dad. Nor is he the world's greatest dad. No, or that either. Which so. is better than number one. Yeah. You're, so, I mean, by these metrics, I should have chosen Izzy Mandelbaum. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Izzy Mandelbaom, the world's greatest dad. That's Which is better than number one. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know no, how official no. these really are. <laughs> no, they're, they're not. Perfect number one pick, Frank Costanza, just classic television character. And, and Jerry Stiller, R.I.P. Anything he's R. in R. is just 
stand out, you know, whether it's King of Queens or cameo appearances in Ben Stiller movies like Zoolander, like he just knocks it out of the park every time he's on the screen. So Jerry Stiller, Frank Costanza, obvious number one pick. But Tony, for my number one pick, I'm going to I'm going to do the longevity play here because there's been no TV dad on TV as long as this dad has been. I'm going with Homer Simpson. Mm -hmm. See, to me, I think that's like the quintessential pick that I would expect someone to say first. Yeah. Interesting. Like to me, he's he may be a bumbling doofus, but that man does everything he can to make his family happy. And he takes on any job outside of his nuclear power plant job. Like he started a plow business. He developed a car of the future. He was a boxer, a carnival act, a baseball mascot. He skateboarded over a canyon. He was a monorail conductor. Like Barbie ain't got nothing on Homer and his job carousel. So that man does everything just like any father would do his kids, do anything to make his family and his kids happy. So my number one pick is Homer Simpson. I'm surprised you said he's he would be like the quintessential number one pick here. Well, I mean, you certainly made the case for him. I mean, my TV dad wasn't really, you know, he was the dad of an adult. Homer Simpson is is the dad that combines hilarity, jokes, comedy, and a certain wholesomeness that comes right. of him attempting and failing to raise his children. But like he is, you know, he, he is down to yeah. the, tr- the truth and heart of Homer Simpson, you know, that we see, of course, like in the classic episode when it reveals, you know, that he's stuck in the nuclear plant, but he has the sign up that he manipulates to redo it for her and it's pictures of Maggie right of him giving his career you know I mean come on that was a, that was a moment for all of us I think in the early that 90s. was a moment yeah despite the 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 bumbling nature of Homer Simpson he has probably the the, the biggest stomach and the biggest heart of any TV dad out there so that is that is my number one pick Homer Simpson Tony who are you going with for number two All right. Number two, I'm going with someone who I bet you, you, my adversary in this draft, and many of our listeners would easily overlook, would expect to be an undrafted free agent. You might even say the the Jojo Doman of the draft, but I got to go with my value here. And I'm going to go a little bit off, I think, but I'm sticking true to my board. Off the board. I'm going with... I'm going with Hal Karp from Undeclared. Wow. Undeclared, a show you're familiar with, Matt? I am. Is that Jay Baruchel? Is that that show? Yes. Loudon Wainwright III played Jay Baruchel's father, yes, in a show from the early 2000s, chronicling a group of friends as they navigated their freshman year of college. But Hal was instantly divorced in the early in the first episode. And so kind of like was around a little bit too much, was a little bit too involved because being divorced, he had nothing else going on um, and was an ally to the, the gang in the show. And if you want to talk about like, dad jokes filling that role on tv oh yes he went over the top in in all the right ways in undeclared (laughs) it it is an out of left field pick here uh undeclared was a fantastic show and and a fantastic cast seth rogan charlie hunnam like these are stars before jay baruchel jay baruchel um what's her name is brie larson in it uh oh was she she might have been she might have been jason siegel was in it i remember that 
Jason Siegel, that's a good one. Yeah, of course, playing yep. the annoying two old boyfriend. Amy Poehler was in it. Amy Poehler, Kevin Hart ben was Stiller. in it. Yeah, Bussy Phillips, Martin Starr. Mm-hmm. What a what a cast! What a cast! Huge, um, insane yeah, cast! Fantastic show! Fantastic show! Yeah, well and, before its time, it only it only lasted one season. Well, it's crazy because it was like Judd Apatow's. I I want to say like follow up, but kind of like him doing right. another show after Freaks and Geeks. And he had yeah. this insane cast that, you know, we could run a show. And and he said in an interview, like within four episodes, I realized that I had cast Seth Rogen, but I learned very quickly that he was a better writer than anyone in the writer's room. So I had him start writing episodes instead. Right. It was, it was really like the... Freaks and Geeks walk, so on Claire could run. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good pick. Al Carp, number two pick. A little on the left field, but... I think it's a I think it's a strong number two pick. Latin Winner Eight the Third, who plays Hal, also a pretty good musician and sing the theme song from Knocked Up. That's my daughter in the water. That is a Loud and Wayne Wright the wow. third song. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Huh? Nice little It all comes full there. circle in the Judd Apatow family. Uh-huh. I feel like if your name is Loud and Wayne Wright the Third, you have to be a singer oh. slash guitar player song <laughs> like there's no I, like i think so too yeah like there's no other choice there you're you're playing a guitar if your name is loud and wing right the third yeah no good pick good pick tony my number two i think you're gonna appreciate this i think you're gonna agree with it i am going to go with my number two pick i select alan matthews from boy meets world mm-hmm. with alan Do we have the- especially like early 90s sitcom tv dads it always felt like they were in the danny tanner patrick duffy from step by step like kind of mold of like they're trying to be goofy and comedic and and that's all fine and good and they're great tv dads their own right like al bundy like just kind of like goofy guys alan matthews really felt like an everyday dad like a real salt of the earth kind of feel to alan you know i remember Mm -hmm. many many memorable scenes but like later on in one of the later seasons of boy meets world according to panga moving to an apartment and there was dirt coming out of their sink pipe or faucet and uh alan didn't help him and Corey got mad and he he left it for Corey to figure out and figure out how to fix the pipes. And like, that was like a, a emotional moment that hit me. He even supported people who weren't his own family. Like Sean, who was, you know, pseudo family, obviously Corey's best friend and didn't really have a, a dad himself, but a dad who was there himself. But uh, like the episode when Sean joins a cult, who's there to almost fight the cult leader? It was Alan, who wasn't afraid to fire his own son from his his store. Alan, it, it felt like a real moment that Alan Matthews was, was giving us as a father through the television screen. So I always appreciated that in the early 90s. He kind of stood out from from those other TV dads to me because it was real, it felt like. So Alan Matthews, my second pick. It's interesting to me that you emphasize the word real when talking about Alan Matthews, because I knew you were going to bring it up, but I knew I was also going to talk about it. Of course, when Sean gets involved in the center and then it's like, well, I mean, I used to have a unwritten rule amongst friends that like if the center episode was on, we would be texting each other and we might be texting each other not, hey, the center episode is on. We might be texting each other, tune into ABC Family to watch Alan Matthews get real. Cause that's right. when he gets effing real on that son of a bitch. That guy the center. That's, that's right. what I'm saying. Yes. That's the moment that I was like, 
Yeah, you know what? Alan Matthews is the best, like, of the TGIF dads. Yeah. By far. I, I think uh, so. And, and, yeah. And, like, of, of that family, of that style of show, Alan Matthews delivers. Like, I have a level of trust on Alan Matthews. Definitely trust him. Even, even early seasons, I remember Eric and Corey were in their room when they roomed together. And they were playing... I don't even know what they call it, like toenail clipping baseball or something. <laughs> they, they would like clip toenails and how far it would fling or fly would be like a home run or a double or whatever. And like Alan, instead of saying like, this is ridiculous, he partakes in it and, you know, invites them to to be creative and have fun like this. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, that's a real, real moment for, for a dad. So uh, for Alan sure. Matthews, I... I just always, always appreciate it. And I, th- I think the word, the word real really applies for a fictional character. So Tony, that is my second pick. Who are you uh, rounding up us out with here for your third pick? Ooh, I'm looking at two on my board here. I'm going to, okay, Matt, as you know, I think we can agree being a father, it's not just DNA. It doesn't have to be yeah. blood family. Family is thicker than blood. And in this case, always. I'm going to say, not only does it not have to be DNA, it doesn't even have to be the same species. Mm. Matt, I'm taking a great father figure who took four youngins under his wing and made them into the teenagers that became heroes. I'm going with Splinter as my final choice. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I really thought you were setting that up for Earl Sinclair, even <laughs> oh, though it's three okay. kids and not four. <laughs> now, of course, that's interesting. Earl, Earl Sinclair so, from the TV show Dinosaurs. Right. Of course. Of course. So you are subscribing to the episode where they started to predict that the baby was adopted or was the or was not actually family. There was a mix up at the hospital or something because oh, I because said he, he had different color skin. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what they were saying. And then I also said in my in my spiel, like, does not even the same species. So you obviously think that there was an issue. And that baby's an asshole. Yes. Very true. Very true. No, I just thought when you said different species, like my mind immediately went to dinosaurs. But oh. Splinter is a great choice. So please, please do tell the reasoning for that choice. Well, I think I mean, I think it's self-explanatory. Splinter took abandoned turtles found them in the ooze took them under his wing taught them the ways of martial arts now i'm pretty up on my tnmt i don't know how splinter learned oh from shredder maybe but i guess the timeline maybe is still fuzzy for me but taught them martial arts taught them to defend taught them the ways of good but of course you know has to navigate the teenage Troubles that any father teenage has to angst. navigate. Right. Yeah, the teenage angst has to combine that with their living situation in a sewer. <laughs> so teenage angst combined with, you know, poverty. Uh, and then, of course, for... If, if any show taught us about poverty, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's when you know, for their teenage, food. <laughs> right. Stealing the uh, pizza deliveries. Creating wow. alliances with Casey. Yeah. Something as simple as eating. Right. <laughs> and they had to they had a battle. Not only the, the foot clan, but also the rats. <laughs> their father. Right. The, the non the, the sewer non-oozed rats. rats. Yeah, the yeah, the non-oozed rats, rats. The sewer rats. For just for their meal a day. Right. I didn't know Ninja Turtles would teach us about the principles of capitalism so well. <laughs> yeah, social oh, issues. Tell me about it. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I mean, there's a lot of social issues in TNMT. Poverty, of course. racism. Yeah. I mean, they were in hiding. You know, people did not react well to giant turtles in the streets. No, not at all. Inner city crime. They. Right. No, I'm well, I'm I didn't say that. You said that. Raphael had to wear a trench coat and a top hat just to fit in. 
Right. Disguise himself right. real well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great pick. And and I think every father can can relate to Splinter with especially with having to deal with different personalities of their children. Of course, the turtles having right. very different personalities from each other and Splinter not only celebrating those personalities, but really uh, helping the turtles flourish and succeed with those different personalities. So I, I think any father can appreciate that. I would have to agree. I think that's that's why I was drawn to it as a pick for me that had to happen. Absolutely. Great pick. Great pick. Splinter. Splinter from the Ninja Turtles. Classic. Um, my Your final pick, pick, Matt? I'm... I, this might be a little off the books too, because it's off the books for me because I've never seen this show, but okay. I'm going to go with Jack Pearson from a little show called this is us. Okay. I've I have never seen, the, never show, seen Tony. the show. I have never seen the show. I've never seen this is us, but everyone that does balls their eyes out every single episode crying at the emotional weight. The, this is us family holds. And at the, Center of that, I have to imagine, even though I've never seen the show, I'm just guessing, is the father, Jack Pierce. And I had to look up the name because I, again, have not seen the show. If you're crying your eyes out uh, every single episode, I think I think this guy's doing something right. So I, I have to put him on my list just for that fact alone. Wow. Interesting draft strategy. Just going on name recognition. This is like the movie draft day. Just going on people's name recognition. That's right. Just going on what people say. You don't have to do any research. You don't have to watch the tape. We're just making right. we're just making it happen. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner, another it. great he's a great movie dad. I mean, he did raise Superman, so he's got that going for him. Well, that's a good point. And Superman turned <laughs> he, out all right. He can raise Superman and be a GM of an NFL team at the same time. Unbelievable. Yeah. Superman, someone who you'd think might have grown up and ended up with a lot of privilege in his heart. Not under Kevin Costner. Not like the watch. Turtles. <laughs> Not like the Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Not like the Turtles. Superman didn't have to live in poverty is all. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tony, rattle off some honorable mentions. You had a couple. Honorable uh, an honorable mention. It was uh, at the end. It was a real. It was a real dead heat. I was really tempted to draft Johnny Rose from Schitt's Creek. Okay. okay, good one. Great, great dad. Great show that I that I of course enjoy. Uh, good dad. Good dad working his heart. And then I was thinking about Philip Banks in the mix too. Yeah, that that one almost made my my list. He was he was three B for me because just just that scene alone when he. And he hugs Will and Will's like, nobody wants me or nobody loves me or whatever that scene was. And mm-hmm. him just. Hugging why don't he want and, me, man? Yeah. Why don't he want me? That's right. <laughs> also just the strength Phil Banks showed not only uh, emotionally, but also physically by throwing jazz out of the house so far <laughs> every episode. Man, that guy was in the gym. That's something to be something to be proud of. Really motivated me. Motivates me to yeah. I mean that yeah, that should really be an exercise at the gym. They should just have like human weighted right. uh, uh dummies Jazz that you can throw. Dummies, yes. Yeah, yeah, that you can just throw around really toss yeah. from both sides. That'd be a good yeah. that'd be a good exercise. Zumba, yeah. Have, yeah, have Phil Banks exercise classes. Yeah, that'd be great. I just had one honorable mention and I, I'm going with Tony Danza from Who's the Boss? Ooh. Because don't we all wish we were the boss in some regard, some aspect? We all wish we were the boss. Of course. So. Uh, shout out, shout outs to Tony Danza. One guy who obviously didn't make either of our lists. I didn't even consider, I didn't even consider Danny Tanner. No, too trite, but rest in peace. But RIP Bob say, yeah, RIP. Mm-hmm. I, I just think everyone's like, oh, he's a great TV dad, great TV dad. I'm like, he took the easy way out. He brought in his brothers, he brought in the family, took the easy way 
Wow. Okay. Getting a, getting uh-huh. a I um, did consider drafting Bob Saget, but as old Ted Mosby. Oh, okay. You are all about old Ted Mosby. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do really like How I Met Your Mother, as you know. But so when I was thinking about shows that involved dads, I was like, well, that show was really about the mother, but there was that means there was a dad involved. Yeah, true. That's true. And I respect uh, long-winded uh, stories. So we do respect long-winded stories. And uh, Tony, mm-hmm. another long-winded story is hopefully a Buffalo Bills championship run here in the uh, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott era. That is our TV dads draft. We'll put our list on, on Twitter. Tell us who your favorite TV dads are. But Tony, we got some bills to talk about. Mini that camp. sounds to me. Mini camp has started. I think we should queue up some Marv. The CFL right Hall of Fame. The CFL yep. Hall of Famer, Marv Levy. Take Tony, me there, Marv. Take me there, Marv. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Pony. The Bills had their first mandatory minicamp, their first and only mandatory minicamp, because now they're off for like a month until training camp starts. As we mentioned, this the schedule for training camp came out. End of July, start date for that. Tony, mandatory minicamp. The big story, of course. We were so wrong last week. I was wrong, at least. And I'm, Me? I'm the first to I'm the first to admit I was wrong. I didn't think Jordan Poyer. I, I thought he'd show up. I didn't think he'd do anything. Not only does he show up, he is a full participant in the Bills. Also a full attendance, which is just great to see for mandatory minicamp. But I was shocked, like le- legitimately shocked. Jordan Poyer not only showed up, but was a full participant. And of course, this isn't pads or anything extraneous in terms of activity, but the fact that he's showing up, the fact that he's participating, I have to imagine that's a good sign for the Jordan Poyer stands out there who who want a deal done sooner rather than later. So, Tony, were you as surprised as me to see Jordan Poyer show up and participate at Mandatory Minicamp this past week? Uh, no, I, I think Jordan Poyer is a good team guy. I think he understands yep. like the weight of this season. You know, I think would, if Jordan Poyer was on the... What's like a middling team? If Jordan Poyer was on the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. Yeah, if Jordan. Yeah, good one. Like if Jordan Poyer was on the Panthers, would he have shown up? I don't know, maybe. But I think Jordan Poyer understands the culture here, the expectation that he needs to have of himself of being a major contributor on this team to get in that ring. So uh, I. I'm not the least bit surprised. I, I always thought there wasn't going to be a major holdout. I didn't read that in, into Jordan Poyer. So I thought it was either going to happen at this mini camp or it was going to happen that he was going to report for camp. But I'm glad it happened with mini camp. Less risky. It seems like progress is being made if I'm reading into Rachel Bush's social media posts. So talk about him. Not surprised. Happy it happened. Welcome to Buffalo, baby. Yeah, I think this is... I've done a full 180 now. Am I, you know, will Jordan Poyer participate or play without a new contract? Obviously, he's participating now. I think he's going to participate whether there's a new contract or not in his hands and sign in training camp. And if he doesn't have one by a season start, I still think he's going to play. I mean, he's under contract. I'm much more leaning now towards what you just rattled off and said is how he understands the weight of the season. And it, it's a it's a big weight and he's a big part of them achieving their goals this year. So, yeah, I, I've done a full 180. I, I'm shocked. And it's all because he showed up and participated at a two day mini camp. So um, he didn't have to. He could have sat out. He could have showed up and not participated. But I, I, I think this is a good testament 
to the culture that has been built here because Bill's teams of the past, yes, they weren't as successful or yes, they didn't have as much hype going into seasons as this current iteration does. But I think it's a testament to the culture and for the cliche audience out there, the process that McDermott and Bean and this core group has built. Because if you were talking pre-process, Bills pre-process roster. I don't think Jordan Poyer, a guy like Jordan Poyer, would show up. I think he would hold out. I, I I think this this is kind of the pin in the question: Does the process work? And the answer is yes, because if it didn't, if this was pre-process, I don't think Poyer shows up. I don't think he participates or a guy on the level of Jordan Poyer. So that that that's the biggest thing to me. It's like this culture that has been instilled over the past five years. This is the payoff. We don't have to wonder if good character guys who play at a high level are going to be, for lack of a better term, prima donnas with the financial situation. So that's my that's my two cents about it. Mm. I hope we're not jinxing it. I'm knocking on wood right now that you said that. Because <laughs> I mean, Jordan Poyer is one human being, but there's 53 other human beings that this roster that might see themselves as valued greater at some point if not now then at some point so i'm hoping uh i'm hoping you're right yeah i hope i'm right as well (laughs) getting into the on the field activity if you will we start off of course on the field talking about the most important position as we do every week the punter position tony did we see the origin of the hold god take place Matt Areza <laughs> holding the ball from snaps so well. I, I mean, the man has put in work in the holding department. I'm guessing he's at home right now, just maybe holding a, a, a big tub of cheese balls or something, something to improve his hold grip. Matt watching Areza, YouTube videos the, on holding. Watching YouTube videos on holding. Maybe he's on a call with Spectrum Cable. And he's holding on the call, waiting for a representative to connect to him. Just the man is all about holding now. Did we see the origin of the whole God take place? Because I called it two weeks ago. The competition's over when Nerissa boomed an 80-yarder during practice, during voluntary uh, OTAs. And now the big question was, can he hold? And based on one video on Twitter, as we do, we overreact. But the whole God is here and the competition is officially over, right? I don't know if I'm willing to give Matareza the title of hold God yet because I'm looking at the best holder in the league also on our team. And so even though he's not, you know, he's far from the best punter. (laughs) We all know that. We, this much we know. This much we know. So I would have to say there's a real... I, I mean, I'm conflicted because part of you me are. is still shockingly part of me is. So yeah, I mean, part of me is still on the idea, the strategy of, well, we could probably just put a race on the practice squad and have the best of both worlds here or at least keep or at least, you know, <laughs> or at least not be in a situation where like we have to eat some of a contract like we get both of their contracts. So I would have to say that I'm not overreacting yet. Not to one video of him just holding successfully. It doesn't take a, a pro bowler to hold successfully. We know that. I, I, I need to see it consistently. So I'll be keeping an eye on it throughout camp before I'm sold. When you go to camp, I want you to do a John Brinkus-esque sports science breakdown of Matt Arraza's holds. Well, I'll do the best I can, Matt. But what I'm really going to be looking for is just how many screw-ups. Like you can't, you can't screw up even once if you, uh, if you want to be involved in this. So, oh, wow. That is, I mean, that is high success right there. Well, you can't. Yeah. I mean, well, years ago, I mean, why did we even go down this road of even caring about holding? It was because Bass's uh, rookie year, he missed some field goals because, yeah, 
He exactly. Well, it started, he it started before that, didn't it? Didn't it start before that? What like, do you mean? Who was before? Who was before Bass? Hauschka, right? Yeah. Wasn't didn't it start with Hauschka and like Horquez not holding the ball correctly for him? Or oh, was it? You know, was that putting the issues? laces out? I think mm-hmm. so. I feel like I remember mm-hmm. that. Interesting. The curse of the hold. Hold God. So is the situation the here just? Is this all on Horquez? Yes. Exactly. Well, the Mr. Goodbar Bon Jovi like character. Mr. Goodbar, yes. Yes. I still believe yes, in you, Horkaz. I still believe in you. We all do. Tony, moving on from the punters, I want to bring this up too, because we talked about Isaiah McKenzie being on America's Got Talent, Josh Allen, obviously on the match, talk about Bills being outside the football field. Um, the Bills have been doing some great social media stuff. Before the match, we saw like a team golf outing. With all the players, we saw Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis fishing. We've seen all these outside the football field things. My question to you, I was wondering about this this week. Do you put more weight on roster security if players are featured in these off the football field videos? For example, like mm. the golf video, the golf outing video. There's there's a good bit of Tyler Maticavich in there. And to me, it's like Tyler Maticavich is on the bubble, but because he's in this group because he's getting chummy with the Josh Allens of the world, like the, the main players, does that secure his roster spot more? I was wondering that. I was curious to get your thoughts. I would say, I'm going to say no. Um, I don't think okay. it does. Not on this team because we've seen, you know, on this team, like everyone is in the family. There's going to be 90 players at camp and they're all in the family. We've seen on this team, people that spend a lot of time with the power players with Josh Allen, who then get cut. We've seen it with Lee Smith. We've seen it with Feliciano. And I mean, I think Lee Smith is obviously the better example because he's someone who was traded during camp or at least, you know, like right before the season, like during, during that, those last fleeting moments of the off season. So um, I would say, no, I don't think Bean is afraid to do that despite what they're seeing. And, And I, and I don't think that the Bills media team has any indication or, you know, I think that their guess is just as good as ours is basically what I'm saying. I mean, I can remember when they had paper tickets. I can remember many times the paper ticket going to the game was a player who wasn't on the team. So <laughs> that's right. I just think that's the nature of the beast. I remember that too. That's a good call. Good, good throwback call there. Yeah, no, I was just curious. Uh, I was kind of thinking that as I, was, as I was watching these videos, new guy, new face standing out at minicamp. The captain, James Cook is on the map. Oh, Apparently a lot of Not who I thought you were going to say. Great sight. Who do you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Tavon Austin. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's immediate. He's becoming a media darling. I know. I I wanted to bring that up too, but uh, yeah. no, let's go there. Uh, we'll talk about okay. James Cook in a bit because we talked about last week what's going on with the Tavon Austin hype, and it just continued and rolled right into this week even more so. And I'm still wondering what is going on with the Tavon Austin hype. The man has not put a good season together at any time during his NFL career. Um, right. Again, we we said it last week, so I don't want to reiterate, but if he puts it together and somehow there's some, some miracle that happens and he has a really productive season and he's a great return man for the Bills and he's a, a nice fifth option, uh, great. His success means better success for the Bills, and I hope it all works out. A couple of weeks ago, we did our, our TJ Graham early season awards or mandatory mini camp or uh, OTA awards. And like, I'm getting a lot of TJ Graham vibes. T 
TJ Graham was always a guy during these preseason workouts who was like, man, he looks great out there. He's catching everything. He, he's sep getting separation, running great routes, and then nothing. And I'm getting that same vibe with Tavon Austin. He's becoming a media darling because when the pads aren't on, he's super fast and looks quick. And I just need to see it to believe it. I would say, even if I see it, I'm probably not really going to believe it because I'm still going to be saying... <laughs> Based on my own bias that has been created from this past week, I'm still right. going to be saying that, you know, well, there's like five other players on the team that can also do that, that are going to, that are more valuable yeah. as it is. Like I don't this, disagree. yeah, like, like this push on Tavon Austin is like making me hate him for no reason. <laughs> Other than it's just like people like him and I decided that I'm Bite. not in that camp. So then I, yeah. So then like, I just, I hate him and I hate everyone who likes him. And, and like a, a rivalry of division here is forming on the Stavon Austin situation. Well, we can't return that out of spite. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's the Nicole Miller of the team. He's the Nicole Miller. That's, that's a yeah. good way to put it. Is, is Nicole Miller the dress Elaine like sees in the mirror and looks really good in? And when she's not looking in the mirror, it looks terrible to everyone else. No, I don't Nicole believe Miller? that's a Nicole Miller. I mean, it might no. be by coincidence in Nicole Miller, but that's not the Nicole Miller we're talking about. That that's Tavon Austin. Yeah, of to me. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, okay. Looks when Tavon Austin is and then you get when Tavon Austin is looking in the mirror, he looks like the best NFL player. But when everyone else is looking at him, <laughs> it's it's not the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When everybody else is looking at, yeah. Um, no, I was you get out say, on the street. Dude, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> it's right. Uh, I was going to say James Cook because I, I've been reading a lot about how he's really showing great burst. And, and maybe that's just a product of Bill's running backs in the past, not named Matt Breda or Bill's running backs in the past who have any kind of impact on the team are really like the bursty type. I'm talking Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, of course. But I'm reading a lot of good things about James Cook. And I'm... Again, a couple of these guys I'm starting to, like the Jordan Poyer situation, I think I've done a complete 180 on James Cook. I was a little worried about his attitude. The no smiling thing concerned me. Didn't know if it would mesh with the team dynamic very well, but I saw him smile. There was a chicken wing eating video <laughs> again, kind of this secondary off the wall, non-football related thing, but uh, he did smile. So we have confirmation of a smile, uh, which is great to see. And I'm reading a lot of good things from training camp about his vision and his how dynamic he is. So if you were Devin Singletary, would you be uh, sweating a little here with all the James Cook hype? Or is it just a fresh face on the block? So he's just naturally going to get hyped to you. I not Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary has has formed his place. But if I'm Zach Moss, I'm worried because... Sure. It seems, and I would have been worried ever since Devin Singletary showed up all brolic last offseason when it's like, ooh, wait, is Devin Singletary going to be able to show the power that I'm used to showing? Because I'm looking at his quads and his quads look like my quads. That's kind of what I'd be saying with this, with this James, James Cook in there. But quads think, look like no, no, no. Zach Moss is saying to Devin Singletary, his quads <laughs> look like my quads. I was like, man. So I ever... Ever since I've seen moment. you in a while, Tony, but I haven't seen you. <laughs> you have some good quads. No, no, no. I'm I'm quoting. I'm quoting people here. <laughs> so, um, so I would I would naturally be saying James Cook is or not James Cook that uh, Zach Moss is the person who I would want or I would think would be the most worried because I think Singletary is pretty safe in their respect. I, I mean, Singletary is like is well, yeah, yeah, but I think Singletary is well respected and also well rounded in any situation. Devin Singletary seems like is going to be okay. And I mean, I also, I'm curious about two other sort of 
wrinkles in this conversation. The first being, is it even going to matter? Because is this probably the best O-line that we've seen in the McDermott era? I would say probably, especially with the addition of Cromer in there. And then that makes me think, okay, so you're talking about his vision, the captain's vision. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, does anyone's vision matter? Is everyone just going to be able to suffice with this offensive line in front there? Are these holes going to be as big as they are in my fantasies? And then what was also (laughs) interesting. I know. I knew I knew you were going to say drop a (laughs) that's what she said or something. (laughs) <laughs> you know the moment James Cook takes a screen pass to the house or busts out a 75-yard run, Bill's Mafia is going to be calling for him to be the starter. You know that's going to be it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. The so, lead back, the workhorse. Right. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. Now, the second wrinkle to this is like how you said about about burst and showing that see to again, me again pg show or, or what <laughs> right what i was uh pseudo anticipating or wondering about who's going to be the running back with burst i was wondering if it's going to be the usage uh with khalil shakir because as you know khalil shakir in college was kind of like a good wide receiver was in the backfield a lot did some running back work kind of thing so i was like oh so are we going to be using him in that respect can, can he do it all will he end up kind of taking on that role too? Because he would be truly the person that you would stick back there, I think, if you're looking for a situation with some burst. Um, and I'm wondering yeah. if if Dorsey is thinking the same as me. Yeah. I, Time will I tell. wouldn't be surprised if they use Shakir in, in different packages to get him touches and, and stuff. It kind of, mm. you know, I, I know they didn't use Gabe Davis in like the backfield during his rookie year, first couple games, but I think they... right utilize him in in different packages lining him up outside and in the slot and things you know i, I think they did enough to, to get him involved early on i'm wondering if they're going to do the same with with the he wolf himself um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that's that's a good point i i didn't think of the, the clue of shakir factor we'll see i mean if he if he's debo samuel light i'll take that all day so like i, like I said the moment the moment james cook does something spectacular if he does something spectacular knock on wood bill's mafia is going to be calling for for him to be the lead back and faster than they can spray paint leotis mckelvin's lawn but i i like what i see and i think that just goes with what we've been saying all along and what what a lot of media outlets have been saying is the versatility ken dorsey has in his in his playbook you know now he has a a guy in James Cook, or something happens to him, Duke Johnson, or you know, a guy who can catch out of the backfield and, and make plays happen, and a guy like Jameson Crowder who can get you yards after catch out of the slot, or you know, you can line up in two tight end sets with OJ OJ Howard and Dawson Knox and, and do things, or line line up secure in the backfield, or you know, there's just so much this offense can do, and when you have a quarterback as talented as as 17 is, I mean, the playbook just opens up so much for these guys and for for a first time offensive coordinator like Dorsey, I, I mean that's that's got to be Christmas in July here because he can do so much with these guys and and what he can put out on the field. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what these guys can do when the pads come on and what they're going to do during training camp and preseason and when the real games and the when they start and the lights lights get brightest. So uh, James Cook though, I'm I'm glad to see him fitting in, making an impact early, only good things and beyond moving forward here. I think for for the former former Georgia running back. Tony, as we wrap up, mandatory mini camp and training camp is on the horizon. What is one matchup, one battle, positional battle you are going to be looking forward to watching at training camp to see how it shakes out? Um, 
maybe it's a maybe it's a depth cornerback battle. I've read some nice things about Cam Lewis making plays. Maybe it is a running back battle and and who gets snaps behind Josh Allen there uh, in the backfield. Uh, what is one matchup you are looking forward or going to keep an eye on when you go to training camp this this summer? Ooh, well, you said ones that I'm definitely keeping my eye on the puncher battle and of course that I'm very curious with the last cornerback spot and really the whole the whole of the defensive backfield. But something I'm really curious about is who's going to be that is what are we going to do at wide receiver? I'm going to keep an eye, close eye on wide receiver. Will we be having a seventh wide receiver? Is someone going to earn their way in? Is it going to be Austin versus Kumaro or is it going to be both or is it going to be neither? What, what we're doing, the wide receiver position to me is very interesting because there's a lot going on there. And, and they're very like, if you've ever been to camp, the wide receiver drills and everything, everything surrounding the wide receivers is very visible. You always right. know when they're working. Like you always, it's very easy to tell like which receivers are going on the machines. Yeah. Like it's very easy to see like who's, who's on the jugs machine and when, who's putting in the extra work, who, how they're communicating with Josh. The drills for wide receivers are always very, very visible in who, and who's doing what. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be very curious to see who, who looks good and if it's worth it compared to, you know, someone else on the defensive line or running back. Are we going to drop Moss? Who knows? Like, I think that so much of the way the roster is built is kind of going to hinge on who impresses at the wide receiver position. So, and how Dorsey envisions things. So I'm going to right. be keeping a close eye on that. I think, I think a lot's unlocked from the, uh, in the mystery of this roster. I think a lot is unlocked when you unlock the receiver mystery. I think you're buying into the Tavon Austin hype. I think you think he's, he's in play here for a roster spot. Ooh, I don't know. Am I buying into Maybe the I hype am. or am I just buying in? I don't, I don't know. I, Maybe I am. I I don't think he is, but it's not just Tavon Austin. I think he is this either. is also I I have I also have an idea that like this is kind of shit or get off the pot for Isaiah Hodges. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, so definitely. like I, I'm he made, really he curious. He's made a couple nice too. plays. Yeah, I, I'm I've emotionally seen some videos of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen some mm-hmm. video of him making some catches on uh, some beat balls and stuff during OTAs and uh, mandatory minicamp here. So yeah, but you're right. It, it's I think it's do or die for Hodgins. Is he going to be the the Mike Love of the offense? They want to keep him around because they see something, but he, he never cracks the the main roster. Right. We'll see. Yeah, but I, I don't if. If McKenzie's not, if they don't trust McKenzie to be your kick, their kick returner, special teams, kick returner, punt returner, I think it's a battle between Austin and Marcus Stevenson. And whoever wins yeah. that battle is going to have that final roster spot. Yeah. And yeah, does, I, I, I mean, I don't know how expensive Tavon Austin is, but he's definitely more expensive than Stevenson. And does that factor I mean, in? I don't think any of his contract is guaranteed. So, oh, um, really? Oh, okay. I, I thought I read that somewhere. So if they cut him, it's, I guess it's no skin off their back, if you will. So yeah. did your heart skip a beat when they cut Kumro for seven minutes? <laughs> no, I read, I, I read because I read the whole tweet. I read beyond the headlines, baby. <laughs> I, I wasn't worried and I didn't have to be. Touchdown Jesus was not a bill for a hot second. Literally right. a second. <laughs> right back on. But again, like <laughs> me reading way too into that is like, Okay, when you said he had a roster spot locked up last week, this week I'm kind of 
seeing where you're coming from now because if he didn't have a roster spot locked up, would they just like cut bait and say, huh, all right, <laughs> go go right. find somewhere else? Would mm-hmm. they bring him back so soon or would it? So I, I'm, I might be moving Kumaro to a, a lock position here on my roster projections. Wow. Yeah, that's it's that big. Uh, Tony, I think the training camp battle that uh, I'm looking for, and it might not be this, the sexiest pick, I'm looking at the depth of the offensive line here. Mm. With the signing of former Jet, Greg Van Rotten, who I'm pretty sure had a clothing line. Oh, no, that's Von Dutch. Never mind. Greg Van Rotten, former starter for the Jets. A guy, apparently the Bills have been eyeing for, for a little while now. They finally bring him in. Screams Brian Winters-esque signing to me. But maybe that's because they're both former Jets. But a guy, again, who has starting experience, just like David Quisenberry, who was brought in, has starting experience. Greg Mance brought in from the Ravens, starting experience. Like the depth on this offensive line, and we're not even talking about Ike Bakker because he'll probably start the year on the pup list. The depth on this offensive line is is really good. You talked a couple minutes ago about how is this the best offensive line that the Bills during the Allen McDermott era have put on the field? And I am with you 100%. Yes, this is, you know, Saffold, you bring Bates back. Uh, you got Spencer Brown taking a jump in his second year. Hopefully, the the five the five backups essentially could be starters on another team in the league. When you look at Van Rotten, Mance, Bacher, all, all these guys. I mean, Quisenberry started last year for the Titans. I, I'm I'm going to be interested to see how that depth uh, offensive line battle shakes out. I think Greg Mansk with the signing of Greg Van Rotten. It's a Greg on Greg crime. Uh, Greg Mansk is on the hot seat. But really, it's it's a matter of how many offensive linemen do they keep at this rate? Like Cody Ford's another guy. I know he's not a favorite of mine or a lot of Bills Mafia, but he's a guy that has starting experience that probably realizes this is his last chance at an NFL roster. Does he step up in a way? I mean, you got five guys who potentially could be starters, like I mentioned, and do they keep 10 offensive linemen? That seems absurd since I think they usually field about eight on game days. I'll be interested to see how how the secondary offensive line plays out. And if I, I probably it's probably top of mind for me because I listened to WGR local sports radio this week and Sal Capaccio was on and he was saying like Bobby Hart's a candidate like he's gonna be in the mix and I'm like are you kidding me yeah <laughs> so for some uh, yeah right big yikes yikes on yikes uh so offensive line was top of mind for me I think because like, I I almost forgot Bobby Hart was on the team because subliminally I, I want to forget Bobby Hart's on the team right um, but if he's I mean, he's a guy who has starting experience, too. It's not good. He's not good, but it's a resume. So I'll be interested to see during training camp how the secondary offensive line battles plays out and and who really kind of sets himself up as the primary backups to what what, what we think will be the starting five. So that that's a, not a sexy pick, but that's an, an interesting battle for offensive line here. I'm interested in that battle because I'm interested to see who... Cromer thinks is a fit for him. And will that surprise us? You know, is all of a sudden the better fit someone who's like totally off our radar and all of a sudden, you know, someone that we think is a guarantee, like, I don't know, you know, like Douglas. Right, right. Yeah. Like is all of a sudden he have a different vision based on what he wants and he needs than our interpretations of things. Because I also think that like offensive line with starting experience, I'm like, I feel like there's hundreds of offensive linemen out there with starting experience. And I think it's just like easy to get an imp- a good resume built on offensive line. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're good. But I also think that it also depends that it has to, it has to fit the O-line coach. It has to fit the system well. And I mean, we've seen that with this revolving door of offensive line that we've seen, you know, here in Buffalo. I mean, not everyone is, you could be super good one year and terrible the next year and it all just has to fit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even mention the young guys like Tommy Doyle going in his second year, Luke Tenuta, who they drafted, mm-hmm. who I think is destined for the practice squad. But, you know, those are, those are big guys. And again, I, th- I think, Cromer's the X factor here, obviously. It's like, who does he think fits his style, his system mm-hmm. in, in accordance with Dorsey? Yeah, that, I think that'll be an, an interesting battle as we move into training camp here. So, Tony, did you have any other notes about the two-day mandatory mini camp? I did want to talk about one thing, but I'll, I'll let you take the floor here. Ooh, no, I want to hear notes. about your one thing. Don't tease me like uh, that. Josh's D's nuts jokes. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Are we getting are we getting a little too like Josh is a big kid? Juvenile? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> is, is it going a little overboard this this notion now? I, I I'm a little worried. <laughs> I mean it's like let it's like let Josh be Josh, of course, but I also want there to be Josh is of a generation. Some seriousness. I think yeah. I definitely want there to be some serious. I don't know. My thing is what what is everyone, you know, the consensus impression that Josh has as a teammate, as a captain, as a human being, it's all positive. So I'm not going to dog him for anything like that when we're getting the results that we want. But I mean, I also think that like, in some ways I'm like, you know, Josh is a young man. He's of a certain generation. He goes home every day to Brittany and has that, you know, and is like serving that role in his life. And then all of a sudden he goes from that to the locker room with a bunch of bros. It's probably going to come on pretty heavy, you know, when, cause he, cause he can, the floodgates might open a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I appreciate, I, I think it's just Josh coming up with universal ways to bond the team. You know, yeah. you know, some guys might some guys might like X, some guys like might like Y, some guys might like Z, but everyone can appreciate a good D's nuts show. Right? <laughs> it's the universal language. It's the universal room. language of the locker room. And uh, it just reminds me of, like going back to like James Cook about how I was worried like he might not fit in, his personality might not mesh with the you know the over the top charismatic personalities of those on already on the team. And you know, I think it's it's Josh again, just Josh coming up with things that everyone can appreciate or everyone can participate with or participate in. So uh, a testament of a, a true leader and a true captain. A true father figure, if you will. Whoa, to round okay. this That's all I had, Tony. Um, what do you say we uh, we wrap this episode up, though? Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. Thank you to, of course, as always, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Uh, quality koozie starting at just $5. It's the summer. You want to keep your drinks cold. You need a quality koozie. Check out travelinggrowler.com. $5. I can go find $5 on my couch now. Probably not, but that'd be nice if I could. Um, T-shirt store. We mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can find our Buffalo Brothers design on BIBFanshop.com. That's part of the Built in Buffalo website. BIBFanshop.com. All proceeds of the Buffalo Brothers for a limited time. Go to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Western New York. Please uh, 
again, if you haven't checked it out, please do check out all the, the designs on, on the Built in Buffalo fan shop, but uh, especially ours because of the good cause it's going to. We encourage you to buy one. It's, again, awesome talking point for tailgates and, and parties. Every time I wear my Buffalo Brothers shirt, I, I get somebody mentioning it or pointing pointing it out or you know just looking at it and laughing like it's it's a fun design i guarantee you it's the best 25 dollars you'll ever spend um bibfanshop.com if you want to check out all the other designs check out teespring.com search witty not funny all one word that's t-e-e spring.com um you know if you don't like the buffalo bros we got a bunch of cool designs in in our regular shop as well and uh in the future we're, we're probably all gonna we're probably gonna move all our designs to built in buffalo so uh, but for a limited time, do the charity thing, do the cool thing. We know Bill's Mafia always supports charitable efforts. So this is a good one and you get a cool t-shirt to boot. So where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast, Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, on Spotify, on iTunes, search Built in Buffalo, search Witty Not Funny, all one word. If you like us, leave us a review, subscribe, show us some love. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. Tony, Twitter handles, where can listeners find you? At Tony Ambrose. On Tony Twitter. Ambrose, symbol on Twitter. Simple, direct, to the point. Uh, you can find name. the podcast. At, it's your name. <laughs> Look at that. Who would have thought? Uh, you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. We'll follow back. We love connecting with Bill's Mafia, Saber Source people, uh, Bandits, Bandits Land out there. Um, you know, good effort this year. Came up a little short. I went to the game. It was a lot of fun, uh, as Bandits games always are. But, you know, give us a follow. We'll follow back. Facebook page, Witty Not Funny Sports, TikTok, Built in Buffalo, at Built in Buffalo underscore uh, on any social media outlet. Make sure to follow Built in Buffalo. You can, can find our podcast postings there as well. So uh, give everyone a follow. Share the love. Um, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? Uh, well, you know, something's happening in this time. And I would say that when this episode comes out, uh, we're going to be right at that transition. Summer vacation, baby. Shout out to all oh. the teachers who are listeners. It's summertime, baby. Oh, ow! Summer, summer, summertime. Yeah, it's the best time of year. Exams are over. It is the School's best out. Time of year. Sit back and relax, teachers of America. Well, you for got, a little you bit. Two, yeah. You got two months off. You're not going to you're not going to give us a nice Frank Costanza quote. Mm, a nice inspirational Frank Costanza quote. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm panicking. I'm like up against the wall. I'm like, I got a million lines going through my mind all at the same time. And I'm like, which one is which one is pertinent? None of them. Well, just like uh, just like Frank Costanza, Tavon Austin, Fields were born. He's like a phoenix rising from Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. As I always say, go Bills. And of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.